Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing today? We have an amazing show today. I'm going to blow your mind up with my next guest, and that is Xavier Kochar, who is the founder and CEO of the video, and is it video, I always want to say, Gnome Project. (laughs) Video Genome Project. Genome Project. Um, and Xavier is a, a longtime friend who um, has been a, uh, a force in the media and technology business, having first um, worked at uh, helping to build out MediaLink, um, which is now a, a huge um, player in the media technology and trends game. And Xavier, in the last couple of years, has gone on to create his own company. And I'm actually going to let you kind of give background to it, but we're really going to dive into today the future of search discovery and how data is really going to change how we consume content um, and also other business categories as well. But um, let me pass it over to the fabulous Xavier. Let's have a nice pet cat. Warm welcome. Everyone thank calm you. down. Calm down, everybody. Thank you. Um, and thanks, Lori. <laughs> thank you, guys. And thank you. Uh, thanks, Lori, for having me on the show. Um yeah, um, I, uh, we uh, started a structured data company uh, about four years ago um, uh, within the video space, um, primarily because we just felt that the uh, uh, video curation experience, that is how we at home find uh, movies, TV shows, um, it just sucked. Uh, it was hard to find stuff, um, even though even though we knew that there was a ton of content out there, there was a ton of TV shows and movies and clips and, and all that kind of stuff. And at any one point, um, we had access to uh, millions, if not billions of pieces of, of video. It just felt, it felt kind of off that um, that video, that we couldn't find that video easily. And probably more importantly, that, that the right pieces of video couldn't find us easily. And so that um, really it just bothered me, uh, I, and uh, I was just curious as to why the, um, the problem existed. Um, and I spent uh, several months talking to my friends in the industry and um, colleagues and vendors and clients, and, and I just I sort of threw out the, the problem, the use case problem um, about uh, curation, about video curation, and um, a couple of things happened. First... Um, there was ridiculous, a uh, ridiculous amount of validation in that everybody was saying, "Yeah, you know, that's all. You know, I have that problem too, and it's hard to find uh, something to watch uh, with my kids. And I've got two kids, and one is a teenager, and one is a, you know, an eight-year-old. And you know, how do we find the right thing?" Um, so that I, I knew that it wasn't just me. Um, and then the other thing that I, I quickly found out is that the reason that it was so hard for our systems, um, our, uh, the platforms, the set-top boxes, um, the software, the reason why it was so difficult for, uh, for them to serve us the, the right piece of video across um, all the video we have access to um, is because the video wasn't, was not categorized um, in a uniform, um, an apples-to-apples way, and the existing categorization did not go deep enough and it did not match the way human brains naturally curate 
and, and you're and you're talking about the the words that get associated with a piece of content to help us search for it, basically. That's right. That's right. You know, we can only we can only query we can only um, we can only curate by that. Uh, by those dimensions by which um, have been um, organized and structured. So if uh, think about it like tags, right? If you on Instagram or Facebook or, or any of these newer platforms, if there are tags, well, later on, if you want to do um, a search, I have two dogs. So if I want to do, um, if I want to do a search for um, all the pictures of um, you know, they're half Shih Tzu, half Toy Poodle. And if I want to do a search for um, all pictures with Shifus, that's what they're called, Shifus, um, well, my, my search is only as good, is only good if, if there are actually um, uh, Shifus, pictures with Shifus, that somebody tagged them that way. So if they didn't, then there's going to be a lot of content out there that is just missed. And in our category, film and TV, um, uh, you know, now it's called video. It was film and TV when I started. Um, but in our category, uh, the legacy, uh, the legacy ways in which uh, it, our our industry has categorized um, or captured the tags or the metadata um, have not taken into account. Um, these deeper dimensions and these more relevant dimensions to how the human brain naturally curates. So you're, and you're, let's just talk a little bit about your background because I know this came out of your own passion and frustration and talking to your friends about not being able to discover content, but you have a very interesting background in entertainment and media and technology that allowed you to kind of find the space in the world to say, okay, this needs to happen. So can you give us a little bit more of a background? Cause it's kind of fascinating to see how entrepreneurs come to where they come. Sure. Um, so, you know, I, I did not, um, by no means did I, you know, when I was a little kid, I didn't say, did, I didn't say to my mom and dad, when I grow up, I want to be a, um, I want to be a structured data expert, right? Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I don't even think, I, I don't even think I said that five years ago. Um, right. um, but I was extremely passionate about, um, about film and TV. And the reason it's funny, the reason I was is because when I was a little kid, um, my, uh, my, my dad actually watched, uh, my mom worked in a hospital and, um, and my, my father, uh, picked me up from school and he watched me and, um, and what he did, he had a, a small, um, uh, a video store like way back in this. So this is in the early eighties, the, uh, like one of the, uh, probably, I don't even know if, if many of your viewers even remember these, but before there was a blockbuster or Netflix, um, the video industry was actually, um, the retail industry was actually extremely fragmented with like these mom and pop stores. And my dad had a mom and pop, um, you know, he was the pop, you know, he had a, um, uh, a small video store and kind of like, you know, not to be too cliche, but you know, he, he would pick me up and, and I would do my homework and I would, and after I do my homework, which when you're, you know, six and seven years old, it's like 20 minutes, um, and I would just watch videos and, and I watched every single video in that store. And I just, that's where I, I learned to love film and TV. So when I, um, when I graduated, um, school, um, I went to school back East and then I went to business school, um, here in California. Um, I knew I wanted to get in, in, um, the film and TV world. 
Um, I got very uh, lucky and fortunate that um, there was an opportunity that uh, had opened up for um, a new type of agent at the William Morris Agency. Uh, and so I was one of the first digital agents. Um, we called it corporate packaging, um, new media back then. So worked on uh, CD-ROM deals and web 1.0 deals uh, and really brought uh, corporations, companies, brands into Hollywood. Um, and from there, uh, that, that sort of got me, uh, you know, got my interest uh, uh, wet in the space. And, um, and I developed a, a ton of relationships. And from there, I had an opportunity to, um, to work for the global uh, head of media and entertainment for a strategy consulting firm, LEK Consulting. Uh, and uh, is a guy guy called Kevin Mayer, and he then um, he then went to go be the uh, the number three guy at the Walt Disney Company, uh, and then he brought me over uh, a couple years later, and I was a corporate executive at um, the Walt Disney Company, and um, and then uh, also working on these types of deals, and uh, and then I want to say about ten years ago or so, uh, maybe a little more. Um, I, uh, I sat down and had lunch with a guy called Michael Kasson, um, who was a kind of a one-man band at the time. And what he was, what he was doing was, uh, I, was, I was so impressed at his chutzpah and his charisma. And, um, and you know, I thought that, um, and I think he thought as well, that there might be a compliment in, in not only um, uh, personalities, but also skill sets. Uh, and so uh, helped him uh, build uh, this business called Media Link, uh, which is a it's an advisory firm. It's sort of like a if a if a CAA and a Group M and a and a McKinsey and company all had a all had a child. Um, that's what Media Link, uh, uh, you know, is um, and ha- has become. And then uh, about four years ago, uh, you know, I just it, it was too strong um, a calling, you know. Um, I, uh, this was something I was just too passionate about and uh, I just might, I was just too curious uh, to not take the leap. And, uh, you know, so I, uh, I went out and raised some money and, and here we are. So that's the background. And I I love that too. Again, this came from this personal thing missing because I think that's the biggest concern right now for many, um, many people with great, storytelling capabilities and content ideas is that in this world where now you have so many OTT players, you have cable, you have broadcast TV, our kids are growing up having no sense of what a network brand is. Discovery is now out the window. You're not watching the same channel anymore so that you'll see that channel's ad for its own show. So how do you really find things? You know, um, how yeah. do you really dive into all to all this great great content and sometimes i see these great posts on facebook where people will list what should be binged you know and i'll try and remember to print that out um you know or it's or it's word of mouth right that's right i mean um and you bring up a uh really i mean that's that's sort of the that's that's the crux of the that's the big problem i mean what what you've just um uh, what you've just, uh, you know, highlighted is, um, the, the thing that happens when, you know, when you have an absolute, um, massive amount of anything, um, then the, the need for, um, curation tools, that is tools that can help you sift, um, what, uh, you know, what to get, 
what to find and what finds you become a lot more important. So the reason, the reason why Google became Google, um, uh, yes, they had, a, um, they had an amazing um, uh, uh, search algorithm, um, but a lot of companies had great search algorithms even before then. But the timing was just so appropriate. Um, it was so right because at that, at that time, there was an explosion of publishers. So when I, I remember when I first got on the internet in the kind of mid-90s, um, there weren't that many places to, that you regularly went to. You went to like, you know, there's like 20 sites that I would go to. So the importance of curation um, and like a search engine, engine was a little less. Um, and then compare it to, you know, you know, when Google really became Google in the late 90s and early 2000s, um, that we saw this massive explosion of publishers where it's like, hey, I need some help now. Um, and w- that, same, that same explosion of, of publishers online, um, we've seen in the, in the last 10 years with video content. Um, it's, it's crazy. We have to take a, a short break, but when we come back, I want to dig a little bit m- more into um, the video genome project. And what, what are some of the things that you're learning? What are some of the insights that you're gathering sitting on top of all of this data? Um, and I know you have a, a new relationship with Hulu. I'd love to talk about what you're doing for them. And just o- overall, um, you know, whenever I'm now, whenever I talk to you, you're just filled with uh, human insights because of all this data so we have to hang out with xavier and find out more about the human condition as well so we'll be back in a moment on the tech cat show when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back talking to Xavier Kochar, the founder and CEO of the Video Genome Project, which is really digging into the future of search, among many other things. But we were just talking about how there's so much content out there, and discovery is such a huge problem. I mean, it is such a typical you know, case study to be on date night or be home and just look at the TV and go, I have, you know, I don't know what to watch. There's nothing to watch. So, so how are you guys helping this, this problem? Yeah, um, it's 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 a uh, it's it's a big problem and it's a good question. Um, so you know, um, a- as we were talking about right before the break, uh, there's there has been in the last 10, 
12 years, and it's, and it's really been especially pronounced, I'd say, in the last um, five to six years, um, this um, explosion of, of video content. Um, and that's primarily because, you know, not just the standard infrastructure, things like device penetration and broadband penetration that makes, makes it easier for us to, uh, for video to be delivered to us, on, on whatever platforms, your mobile phone, your, um, your set-top box at home, um, et cetera. But it's also really easy to create video content. And so what's happened is that there's now just a lot of video content. Um, and so, uh, and it, it kind of was not an issue. Like you didn't need to have really strong search and discovery and recommendation and, and, um, and just generally speaking, um, personalization tools uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago when, you know, there were like three network uh, channels or four network channels um, and there's like 20 shows that you needed to, um, that you needed to kind of keep tabs of your, your universe of potential, potential like big, big shows that uh, you could watch. Um, and I'm including cable here was about 20 pieces of video. Well, now there are so many pieces of video out there. And so now the importance of, um, search and discovery is is key. Now I'll tell you something, and this um, you asked me about uh, you know the um, about uh, the relationship with Hulu. Hulu. Um, you know it, it's funny when I when we first created the company um, about four years ago, and we really kind of beat the drum on the importance of search and discovery. And I go to uh, you know you presidents of studios and networks and. And, and, and even the platform companies themselves. And I, I would talk about this and everyone sort of, everyone sort of smiled and nodded and, and was like, yeah, yeah, it's important. Yeah, it's an important problem. Yeah, yeah. But no one ever did anything about it. No one ever did anything about it. It wasn't so important that, um, uh, that people said, yes, we need to invest in this um, or we need to uh, develop solutions and build products that support this. And I, th- and I believe the reason um, was I mean, sadly, but but also appropriately, was because there the money hadn't followed it. There there wasn't a there. Uh, it didn't hurt anybody in their pocketbooks, mm-hmm. and that's um, primarily because people were still watching what you um, told them to watch. And um, as that shifted, as as uh, now you had a ton of of content out there that just sat there. Like even, even, I don't know what the, uh, it, it constantly changes based on licensing rights, but if, if a platform like Netflix has five, 6,000 titles, most of those titles, and by most, I don't mean like half, I mean like 95% just sit there on demand. Um, you know, call these the middle and long tail. Uh, and that, yeah. that general, that general, um, uh, you know, ratio holds for most um, video content distributors. Now, that's not to say that the middle and long tail is all worthless and, and crap. I mean, some of it may not be as valuable as others, but there, there could be an audience and, um, for and uh, users and viewers for that middle and long tail. The key is, how do, you, how do you make that audience find that middle and long tail? And then how do you make that, the, that middle and long tail find the audience? Because you don't need to have 10 million people mildly interested in a show to show economic results if you are a, 
I'm an, an IP owner or, or a distributor, you might only need 100,000 of the right people. And there are, there are depending on the, on the content, there's certainly 100,000 of, of, there can be 100,000 of the right people if you give, if, if the technology brings them together. God, that, that, it, that would basically revolutionize um, how we consume content if you think about it. Yeah, and if you if you mirror if you t- tie this into um, uh, to existing um, like uh, in like in your house uh, AI platforms like Google Home or Amazon Echo, um, and, and so that so that um, we're, then those platforms are gathering information about you beyond just what you consume. Then similar to similar to what what I think human beings are phenomenal at, um, and we have been really since the since the beginning of language, uh, even since the beginning of uh, spoken language, is that we are really, really good at, um, in small groups uh, or one-on-one, uh, sharing intelligence and ideas back and forth. And what we do is we cater, and we do this unconsciously, but what we do is we cater the intelligence that we share to the individual or the group that we're sharing it with. Um, in other words, if I curate, you're curating how you express yourself based on the person you're talking to. Is exactly, that exactly exactly right? And so, so um, if I know certain things about you, if I know where you're from, um, whether or not you have children, what you do for a living, um, if I generally know what your disposition is, did you have a good day? Did you, did you have a bad day? If I have any history with you, um, what I can then do is that I can I can then go. Oh, you know what, Lori. You had a rough day today. You just need to relax. I just watched this this show, and when I had a rough day, um, uh, last week, it really eased me. And because I know you and I are similar, it might ease you too. That type of intelligence, that type of um, information sharing, it is going on constantly. Not just with video, but with anything. Like, hey, what school should I um, enroll my kid in, or, or or anything? It could be what doctor is a good doctor. Um, imagine if you could capture that, the, that information sharing, that data that's going back and forth. Imagine if you could capture it at scale across all the world and make it so that any one of us could tap into that intelligence. That's I mean, that, 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 it, yeah, that, that's crazy making. So then let's talk a little bit about some business models that could potentially surround this because, you know, as a former agency person and someone that works with a lot of marketers, if you could attach my brand to the mood and sentiment of a consumer at that right time and place, I would be extremely happy, right? Right. So, so some of what you're talking about feels to me like if I walk into, you know, my living room and I'm in the mood for <clears throat> romantic comedy, but one where, you know, like in some of the newer Disney movies where the princess doesn't have to get married at the end. Those are my favorite. Right. Um, right. <laughs> well, they're my favorite for my daughter to see because I don't want her to have that Cinderella complex, you know. Right. Um, or so, just one model for for a girl. There are many yeah. models. Right. And whatever the model is you want to be able to to say that model and then match it to a clothing store that fits that or or a vacation or a toy that backs that up. Because then as a parent, I wouldn't mind that ad. I would, in fact, like it if it mapped contextually back to the content I'm watching, the mood I'm in, the sentiment, the vibe I'm going for in that sort of moment in my life, because we are 
so many different people throughout the day with different needs throughout the day. Sometimes I'm mom, Lori, I'm tech cat, Lori, I'm tired, Lori, (laughs) more often than not. But um, if we could, if the brand could map to what you're talking about. So are you looking at that as well? Yes, absolutely. So, so what, so once, once you understand, um, once you understand not just see, see the issue the issue, uh, so we've done, I, I think, um, a lot of the enabling technologies over the last um, several years um, have actually, that, particularly ad tech, uh, advertising technologies, they have spent a fair amount of time um, and effort and resources and investment really trying to invest, uh, really trying to understand about the user, about the consumer. I want to know everything about them. I want to know behavioral data. I want to know demographic data, psych- uh, psychographic data. Which is great. In fact, maybe even too great because there's 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 now sort of, in my opinion, a bit of an overabundance uh, in the ad tech space, and you know, and you're seeing that um, you're seeing that sort of reflect in many of the these uh, in the ad tech valuations. However, over that period of time, we have not seen the same type of uh, depth in understanding um, or investment uh, in. In uh, understanding the um, the same type of uh, uh, information, or at least the, the the granular depth of information within video, we're still fairly sat- we're I mean not satisfied, but we we're still sort of fairly reliant on things like genre, or it's a cooking video, where right. as you said, as you said, um, you may you know not all Disney princess um, movies are the same, right? You know? Right, and and that nuance, and I'll tell you what, any mom or dad or anyone with kids that has taken their kids to a, um, to a Disney movie, I mean, yes, there's a certain expectation, and Disney does a very good job of meeting the expectation of being a safe, family-friendly movie. But actually, um, not, all of those, not all of those contents may be appropriate for your kid. And I will actually th- I will tell you something. I, I have to give credit to one of the uh, division heads of the Walt Disney Company because he helped come up with a gene set. He helped he helped inspire a gene set. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So this is uh, Jimmy Pataro, who's the head of uh, uh, digital and consumer products, one of the uh, divisions at the Walt Disney Company. And you know, um, early in the early days of our company, uh, as we were kind of d- figuring out our direction, which way to go. Um, I sat down with him, and he told me a, a really amazing story about how he took his, um, I believe uh, he, his son was six years old at the time, to a, uh, a Pixar movie, a Disney movie. No, it wasn't a Pixar. It was a Disney movie, uh, animated movie, and it rated G. And in the middle of the movie, he had to, he had to take his kid out of the movie because, the kid, because his, his, uh, his kid... It, 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 it was too frightening for him, or it was a frightening, maybe the wrong word. It, it just wasn't uh, uh, appropriate. Uh, it, it, it was no, it was unsettling for him. Right, right. And right. I heard this story, and my mind got blown. I'm like, wait a minute. Not only is this a Disney movie, but this is, but but you're the you're the CEO of one of the divisions of Disney, and and it hit me. It hit me right then and there. Is that that we are all extremely personalized in our moods, our preferences, our tastes. And, and I could have like probably anybody that knew Jimmy and his family and his kids and had also seen that movie would, would be able to say, you know what, Jimmy, just be careful about this one scene 
you might not want to bring your kid, your kid to that movie. Right. And, and, and I thought this happens and like this intelligence exists. It's just, it's just not out. It's, it's just not organized for people. So if, and, you, yeah. are, if you are a brand or anybody, if, um, because you, you brought, you brought, bring up a really good point, which is, um, if somebody is adding uh, or an entity, a company or whomever is adding value, um, then I'm more uh, open to giving up or letting them borrow some of my data, right? If you're going to yeah. do something with that data. If you're um, going to make, make, make some magic. We have to take a, a quick break, but we're going to dig more into some of these other insights that, that you are learning from you know, consumer behaviors as it relates to these data sets. We'll be back in a moment with Xavier Kochar from the Video Genome Project um, and talking more about insights that you can gather from human behavior and how we, we really curate our life experiences. More on the Tech Cat Show. You'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. So we've just been getting crazy geeky about the uh, the way that data is going to help drive some real curation for video and, and um, our content experiences with Xavier Kochar from the Video Genome Project. And um, you were just talking about a story with a Disney executive and how his own experience with his kid accidentally watching something that wasn't right helped you light up a way to curate a better experience for other folks so, or categorize how he consumed. Can you, can you explain that? Sure. Um, so um, the idea that um, uh, what, what that did was that inspired, inspired me to, to remember something that, that we all know, which is that um, uh, metadata or information about, about something, when you tag something, um, a machine historically has understood that tag as being binary. Either it exists or it doesn't exist, right? Is this movie, um, you, know, uh, you know, does this movie have a car chase? Yes, tag it car chase, right? Um, but as we know, there are, if you will, um, but the, the human brain does not just, we, we don't just assign binary units to um, information. Instead, um, we, we kind of assign, uh, not kind of, we do assign um, scaled units to uh, information. 
In other words, uh, if I am, um, you know, if I'm watching, we all know, um, uh, if, you're, if you want a car chase movie, uh, and actually we, we actually ran this uh, as a study within our company, um, if you were to ask uh, 100 people, hey, give me, uh, give me the name of, of uh, car chase movies. Well, you know what you find is that the same movies keep coming up. Even though there are thousands, tens of thousands of titles that have car chases in them, but everyone, everyone pretty much thinks of the same types of movies or the same actual movies. Um, movies like um, uh, The French Connection or Bullet or uh, Gone in 60 Seconds or Fast and the Furious, right? Now, why is that? It's because we understand that certain, certain titles, in this case, uh, certain titles, in this case, these movies, and certain genes or certain, uh, uh, we call them genes, but metadata attributes, have more of that attribute than others. In other words, this movie is more car chasey than this other movie. And so b- because of that, that really sort of, in- and that experience with, um, uh, with this Disney executive and his story about his family sort of inspired us to say, the same is true for things like violence and language and sex. And, and we came up with a metadata element called unsettling elements, um, adult themes. And, and we said, we can, make, we can make these scalar. In other words, we can assign um, values to these metadata elements so that, so that um, people can kind of tune up and down, um, you know, like they can dial up and down how much they, they, you know, how many unsettling elements. And maybe, maybe in, in your household, uh, you know, maybe you're, you're okay with violence and a little less okay with, uh, let's say, sex. But maybe in my household, um, I'm, I'm the opposite. That, and because that's, that's the way I've raised my family. Um, and so what we thought is, why don't users have that, these tools in their hands? So we went out and we built those tools, and so now, um, now they exist. And now the technology exists. It's just, um, uh, you know, I love talking to you too because because the, again that you're sitting on top of all this data, you just have so many insights about consumer behavior, which I think in the end you should be, and maybe you're already doing this, licensing some of these data sets to brands and marketers so they can learn more about their demos. Is that something that you're going to be building out eventually? Because you're sitting on so much information. Well, as it relates to the video space, so, um, so uh, you know, last uh, fall, um, uh, our company and the, tech and the underlying technology and database um, was acquired by Hulu, uh, which, as you know, is a joint venture uh, 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 with the, the biggest media company. Uh, small, uh, small, comp- small known <laughs> brand, Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, um, and so, uh, and so they, w- what... I will. I, I defer to Mike Hopkins and uh, Ben Smith and um, uh, uh, Elaine Paul, who are the the leaders at Hulu, um, who are assigned now to uh, make some, uh, you know, uh, integrate the technology uh, into their uh, into their existing and um, to be released products and um, and figure out um, how to uh, further add value to users. Now, one of the the piece that you're talking about. Um, falls under the purview uh, of a guy named Peter Naylor, who is the uh, chief revenue officer. Oh, I love love Peter. I've interviewed him many times. Smart, oh, smart yeah. guy, brilliant yeah. guy, and brilliant guy, great guy, nice guy. Um, and uh, 
And so, uh, so now this technology, um, how he decides to use it to, uh, to, to more uh, relevantly um, kind of uh, deliver uh, you know, the, the or, or Mark, marketing products, products. That, for that's marketing. right. That's right. Yeah. And so, so now, now, um, uh, you know, he, he may decide, uh, depending on how you, how Hulu like wants to use this, he may decide, um, to offer, um, packages, not just based on, um, standard metrics, um, but, uh, you know, things like impressions and all that. But, um, uh, in addition to the standard media buying metrics, uh, maybe also, elements like you said like mood or or uh or theme or you know things like that so um again i i can't get into uh too much detail on on uh how hulu is going to be using it but um uh but the the but the guys are i mean the reason we decided to um go with hulu as opposed to uh some of the other mvpds um uh that that were out there and that were kind of uh uh, uh you know kicking the tires is because um Hulu, uh, mostly because of um, the senior management there, um, I felt really, really believes, genuinely believes in the importance of um, not only the user experience as a differentiator, um, but also personalization as the key to that uh, to the to the user experience. In other words, um, Hulu very much believes that if we can deliver a personalized experience, and that's in everything, not, not, just, not just the content, but the look, the feel, the tools. Um, so it's individualized and personalized um, at, to the degree that you want it as a user or a family or a profile, uh, then um, you will add more value. And that is, that is not just thematically, but sort of that, that was our mission is to, is to is to take the world's data and give it back to the world in a way that was uh, hyper personalized. So there was just really quite a quite a great uh, quite a great great match with respect to our philosophies. Well, that is uh, uh, excellent news, and I totally see how that will create a better experience for Hulu and and influence content creators as well on how they meta tag um, how they meta tag their content to to work better in the systems that you're you're building now are, what other tech trends or more tech trends or ad tech uh, do you think are relevant moving forward that are going to impact the work that you're doing you know just uh, across the board is there anything that's re- that you're really paying attention to right now that you you think will impact your journey uh yeah absolutely i mean i i think so th- this notion of of structured data is so critical, and, and 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 what does that mean for us non-nerdy people, or at least um, I'm I'm a nerd, but a, a different kind of nerd than you. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm a super nerd. <laughs> yeah, one day, but well, one day you will get the golden pocket protector. I'd like I. Um, no, um, so so really, um, we have um, so data. I'm mean, just to be very clear, because data, the word data, gets thrown around a lot. In its, in its basic form, what all data is, what it means, the actual definition of data is just recorded information. That's all it is, right? And so now there is so much recorded information. 30 years ago, there actually weren't a lot of companies that created data, you know, and the ones that did, you could, you could count them on, on a couple of hands, companies like Microsoft and Oracle and, and even NASA. But, but that was primarily because most of all of our lives, you know, most of our lives w- was not being recorded. You know, um, these days, almost 
everything is being recorded. We are we are producing more data um, than it. I mean, we produce so much data. Think about from when you when you wake up, um, check your phone, you know, uh, go on the on your computer, your car, this and that, everywhere, and all that data um, does not have it does not have uh, is not standardized. You know, so depending on the platform, some are open, um, like the World Wide Web. Some are closed, like Facebook. Um, depending on the platform, uh, that data can be open and accessible. It can have different um, organizational schemas, different taxonomies, even different, uh, like I mentioned, formats. But all of that data is, is intelligence. But the problem is, if that intelligence is not, uh, if, that, if that data does not... Um, is not uh, aggregated in a way that it's uh, comparable, that it's apples to apples, then the intelligence remains locked. So the concept of structured data is simply taking otherwise disparate data sets and, and standardizing them and normalizing them so that then they can be utilized downstream either via analysis or through, um, uh, through other applications. So structured data is uh, or really data in general is the fuel for I believe all of our all of the value all of our value in our society moving forward and we've gone through these different eras of value creation thousands of years ago um, the fuel the engine was um, was land when we were in the agricultural age you know the more land you had the more value you could create and then it became uh, in the industrial age, it became steel and iron. The more of those minerals you had, the more you could create value. These days, it's data. But unlike the other eras in humankind, um, the inputs for that value creation were always finite. The land is finite. Minerals right. are like, you know, data is not finite. Data is, is infinite by its sheer nature. So, the, so structured data is simply just organizing data. So that's, that's the definition of structured data. Um, and that's yeah. that's one of the bigger trends that you think will really, you know, help land the plane on this and not make data an overused buzzword, but really sort of create a ubiquitous approach to generating insights with all this stuff. Well, well, it's sort of the first step, right? It's it's the yeah. first, and and you know, it's it's often a background step, and it's often a step that doesn't that doesn't get much. Um, much play or much credit because it's it's so uh, it's so far upstream, right? In the same sense that um, you know, uh, uh, like like AWS, Amazon Web Services, or any of these um, CDNs, the content distribution networks. Um, it, no matter what happens, they're going to win because everyone needs that step uh, upstream to deliver whatever it is that they're delivering downstream. And structured data, if if you know how to organize. Um, uh, data across different platforms, I would say not only will you always have a job in this economy, um, but you will, you'll, always, you'll always be kind of on top. So structured data, I, believe, I, I feel very strongly about. With respect to trends that, that um, we should be concerned uh, or sh- should keep an eye out uh, with, um, uh, for marketers, for content companies, for um, uh, uh, distribution con- companies, platforms, um, uh, once the data is cleaned and organized, the idea of, of running analyses um, and training models, which is really the basis for art, artificial 
intelligence, AI. Oh, that'll well, kick that'll kick it all off. We we have to take one more break, and we're going to come back and talk. We'll talk more about AI and also where we can track. Um, all the interesting things that you're doing and, and all the insights that you have, um, because I, um, I'm sure you're talking about this in other environments. So we're going to be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with Xavier to, to give us more insights on the human condition. Right. <laughs> we'll be back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. All right, and we are back for our last segment with Xavier Kochar, who is the founder and CEO of the Video Genome Project. And we've been really geeking out on the future of curation and discovery with, with um, very detailed data sets that help us really understand who we are and what we want to watch. Um, and we were getting into some other trends that Xavier thinks are going to impact what he's doing. So you were talking a little bit about AI as, it, as it's, it's parallel to, to these data sets. What are some other trends that you think are going to impact things? Well, um, I, I think that there is, there is no, um, no more uh, uh, uniquely powerful um, data processor than the human brain. However, um, w- the human brain has a, has a massive limitation, and that limitation has to do with um, output of, of data. So in other words, um, if, you, if you think about input-output, right, um, we're actually not bad at inputting um, uh, information into our brains. And mostly that's because of our senses and mostly our eyes and our ears. Think about when you look out somewhere how much information is coming into your brains. Um, however, 
uh, when and, and you know our brains and our synaps- synapses and the neurotransmitters then process that, the sim- similar to the way a computer processes uh, uh, information as well. But the problem is when we output, the pace of output, both with respect to speed and volume, is quite limited. So in other words, think about how many thoughts are in your brain um, that, that are valuable thoughts. And even as, and, and think about the, the, how we can get those thoughts, um, i.e. kind of intelligence out into the world. We're primarily limited by our, um, uh, by, by, by talking or writing or typing, right? Those are all relatively slow. Even, even uh, you know, we were just talking at the break about how quickly um, this, uh, this show has, has, has gone by, even though there are so many thoughts that we, we have. So I think um, what uh, a, 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 something that's very, very interesting to me and something I've been interested in for a very long time, um, and I was just thrilled to hear um, the announcement that Elon Musk made just yesterday uh, where he is, uh, he just founded this uh, new company called Neuralink, which actually um, uh, links up, uh, you know, digital output uh, or allows for your brain uh, to process thoughts in a digital output. And once that happens, and we can truly tap into collective human intelligence from the brain, man, I, I just, that, that's, you want to geek out. I mean, that is, I think that's, that is going to be not just a, a step change. That's going to be, that's going to be a civilization change. Uh, so. <laughs> you're, you're talking about like what we were saying before, like the Borg, like really plugging in to, to computers and sort of altering and, and changing how we move through life because of that. Absolutely. I mean, there's the, uh, I, you know, I, I grew up on, um, you know, watching a lot of TV and movies. Um, I grew up on, uh, um, uh, the Twilight Zone and sort of this generation's Twilight Zone um, is this uh, um, this uh, series called um, Black Mirror. And if you if any of if any of your um, listeners um, have seen Black Mirror, uh, there are several episodes um, that talk about um, potential a tech. Uh, sadly, it's a dystopian future, but uh, technological change impacting. And just imagine just uh, showing up um, and just you know. I either just tapping into like touching me and and whatever thoughts you want to share and intelligence you want to share quickly gets shared. And oh, think gosh. about think about the things that we could solve. We I mean cancer would would be gone, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Of course there are eth- ethical and philosophical and moral um, issues that we were going to have to tackle. Now 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 speaking of moral issues, you and I got into an interesting discussion about how you first dug into some of the implications of data because you created an excel sheet of your dating life could you explain that to people because it's fascinating yeah yeah. (laughs) Um, rather embarrassing but um so you know sometimes sometimes you choose your your industries and your profession and sometimes your profession chooses you and i think structured data was is for me was more the latter and um and really, just to just sort of express the the power and importance of structured data, not just on on things like finding movies and TV shows, but really on um, other aspects of life. Um, you know, I, I uh, you know, I when I when I became recently single, um, and I started uh, playing around and experimenting with the um, you know dating again, and. Uh, one thing I noticed is as I was going out on dates, um, 
you know, just given my schedule and travel, and I would often uh, not see uh, uh, people I'd go out on dates with, I'd often not see them for periods of time. And, and in, in between, I'd meet a ton of other people. So in order to kind of keep everybody, it sort of hit me on one date where I was sitting down with somebody and, and I said, oh yeah, so like, you know, you're from the Midwest and we were talking about that last time. And, uh, and the person said, no, I'm not from the Midwest. And it hit me like, oh my God, I should be tracking this stuff just so I <laughs> embarrass myself. You know? And so I started, I started just, just to myself. I just, you know, kept a little, um, you know, like a little uh, a spreadsheet and uh, just had a couple people on there. But, um, you know, sadly, I'm, I'm not quite as successful in, in relationships and dating as I am in other aspects of my life. And so the, the spreadsheet grew um, and it grew both in its, in its rows, meaning the number of people, and it also grew in its columns. And the columns were things like basic things, like, you know, um, hair color and what part of town they live in, what they do for a profession, basic oh medical elements. But then as, as I started uh, going out on more and more um, uh, drinks and dinners and dates and that kind of stuff, I realized some really interesting things. One, it's the same stuff. Everybody, at, like you can, it's, it's, everyone asks the same questions. Everybody, like generally speaking, we are all trying to glean the same type of information, right? And then, um, and I would, I would capture interesting tidbits. And a, as an example of something, um, once, once there was enough, uh, you know, data on the spreadsheet, I would start seeing these trends that would pop up that were really, really crazy insights about me, you know, that I didn't realize otherwise, you know, for instance, um, it seemed, it seemed that, uh, and again, I don't have a, the data set is not thousands or even hundreds of, of, of uh, dates, but, um, um, but it seemed that I tended to have better chemistry, um, with people that had, uh, that, uh, that didn't have brothers that only had sisters. Right, right. Women that, that had sisters. Um, I actually have to wrap wrap this up just because we're running out of time, but you made a fascinating insight about yourself that from all this data gathering that women that didn't have brothers, you connected better with. And so now you know, you know that that's sort of who you should seek to a certain extent. Well, I don't know. I don't know what quite to do with the data, uh, with, with the insight. But I just, and I don't know why the insight exists. And maybe that's for uh, another time. But yeah. uh, but that's the, that's really the power is is that if you just organize um, data, you will start seeing really important insights that that will pop out, and you won't even be able to. It, it's not even that you have to look for them; they'll just pop out. The insights will drop off. So you're a good man to talk to. So where can people find you and what you are doing? Um, well, um, you know, I, I co-host a quarterly dinner, uh, in New York city. Um, it's called MTMD. I co-host it with one of the top equity analysts on wall street, uh, where we bring together, uh, top, um, institutional investors and mutual fund managers and hedge fund managers with, um, um, top entertainment, uh, and technology and marketing executives. Um, so I, I, I do that. That's something that's pretty important to me. Um, and, um, more recent, uh, more recently, um, I um, am starting to take up, uh, uh, you know, blog posts and writing. Um, so you can look for me um, and some uh, insights that um, uh, the the data that we've structured and gathered 
um, in blog posts. Uh, and I'm, um, I'm also in the, uh, I'm trying to figure out what to do next uh, for the next project um, or how else I could add uh, value to whether it's companies or investors. Um, so I'm, I'm open to hearing any bright ideas from any of your listeners. That's great. So Xavier Kochar, founder and CEO of the Video Genome Project, um, which is now um, inside of Hulu. And you can find out more about him. Just Google him. And and he's all over the place doing more writing and speaking and sharing his dating insights with the world. It's been great to have you. And uh, everybody will be back next week with the Tech Cat Show with uh, hopefully someone as smart and insightful as Xavier. It's been so great to have you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. More um, great tech trends impacting your business on the next Tech Cat Show. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 